Mamma Mia subscribers, you've been asking and we've been listening. Now you can get all of your exclusive subscriber audio on Apple Podcasts. That includes everything from bonus episodes of your favourite pods to exclusive segments to all of our audio series. To link your Mamma Mia subscription to Apple Podcasts, open the Mamma Mia Out Loud page in your Apple Podcasts app and follow the prompts or head to help.mamamia.com.au. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. Who raised their children the best? Did the boomers' hands-off or authoritarian approaches make for a well-adjusted Gen X or older millennial? Did those generations in turn helicopter their way into better balanced millennials and older Gen Z offspring? Or are we missing a parenting style that works best, like the one that just won a reality TV show? Today, we look into the parenting styles of the past to see who nailed it and who's still struggling with the fallout of their own parental guidance. But first, news headlines for Wednesday, June 28. There's been a major development in the case of missing toddler William Tyrrell, with police recommending the boy's foster mother be charged with interfering with a corpse and perverting the course of justice. The Director of Public Prosecutions was handed a brief earlier this month, reportedly containing evidence that the woman, whose identity has been suppressed, disposed of the three-year-old's body. She's denied having any involvement in the boy's death or disappearance. William went missing in September 2014 from the New South Wales town of Kendall. His disappearance initially treated as a child abduction. No one has ever been charged and his body has never been found. Convicted murderer Chris Dawson will find out today whether he'll also have a conviction over when his sexual relationship with a student of his began. Dawson is already expected to spend the rest of his life in jail for the murder of his wife Lynette, who was last seen more than four decades ago. The now 74-year-old, who was convicted of murder in 2022, pleaded not guilty to one count of carnal knowledge as a teacher of a girl aged over 10 and under 17. The student was in Dawson's sports class in year 11 in 1980. A lawyer has slammed the decision to disband the probe into Victoria's Lawyer X scandal with no charges laid, saying it's sanctioning police corruption. The office was established to investigate the use of barrister Nicola Gobbo as a police informant during Melbourne's gangland wars, while she also represented some of the underworld figures who are now using her involvement as a way to have their convictions quashed. Criminal defence lawyer Ruth Parker, who represented Farouk Orman, who was sent to jail for the murder of Victor Pearce, says the end of the probe reflects an astonishing lack of moral judgment and that the officer's disbanding means no one will be charged over the scandal, despite $128 million having been spent on pursuing it. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko has spoken out about what he said to Wagner Group boss Yevgeny Prigozhin to make him turn his army around while marching on Moscow on the weekend. Lukashenko says he warned Prigozhin that he would be crushed like a bug if he continued with the mutiny and admitted that Russian President Vladimir Putin had asked for Lukashenko's help with the matter and that he'd advised the president not to rush to suppress the Wagner mutineers. Russian authorities have now dropped a criminal case against the group and Prigozhin has now flown to Belarus, exiled from Russia. The Victorian government has declared
declared the Taylor Swift concert a major event and protected by the state's anti-scalping laws. In Swift's first visit since 2018, her era's tour will cover multiple albums. Fans desperate to see the star perform decades of music live will be fighting for a seat as tickets go on sale this week. But ruthless resellers hoping to jack up prices will be reeled in under the laws, which enforce the rule that tickets cannot be advertised or sold for more than 10% above the original price. Anyone caught trying to resell at a higher price face fines between $925 and $554,000, depending on the severity of the offence. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move, and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Recently, Channel 9 crowned a winner in their reality show Parental Guidance. In the finale, four types of parenting were represented. There was honest. Honest parenting is not holding back, but I think there's no point in sugarcoating life because life is not going to be sugarcoated for you. American. American parenting, we tend to set the bar high. You can still do it. In Australia, it feels almost like you're not allowed to toot your own horn, where in America, everyone does it. Lighthouse. So we are lighthouse parents, and that just allows our kids to set sail on their own, but we are definitely there to support them if the seas get rough. And team parenting. I coach in rugby league, so our family is a sporting team family, and that's how we parent. We're the leaders and they follow. We believe respect, repetition, discipline, they're all the fundamentals that make our team what we are. In the end, they crowned Adelaide Mum Cat's Honest Parenting as the winner. Voted by you, the best parenting style is... Cat Honest Parents! But with that many styles of parenting available nowadays, how do you choose which one is the right one? Let's explore how the generations have changed their styles and the pros and cons of each with Rebecca English, a lecturer in education at Queensland's University of Technology. The greatest generation, born between 1901 and 1927, gave birth to the baby boomers, named for the booming children born post-World War II. Now, their parents went through the Great Depression, World War II and the stock market crash of 1929. So it's fair to say they've experienced some hard times, which greatly influenced their parenting style. I'm going to beat the sand right out of you. They raised the boomers in large families and did whatever they had to to make ends meet. Giving kids skills to survive was paramount, pushing them to learn practical skills like trades. The boomers themselves are born between 1946 and 1964, and they in turn gave birth to the later Gen Xs and older millennials. They wanted what was best for their children, and education was a high priority, with some becoming quite authoritarian in their discipline. 
other boomers who experienced the 60s as young adults and were able to explore their sexuality. They turned out to be more free parents, sending their kids out after sunrise and not expecting them back until streetlights blazed. You might hear many Gen Xers refer to themselves as latchkey kids, as their boomer parents went off to work full-time and they essentially looked after themselves. Look, I think in many ways, the boomers are kind of characterised as being quite authoritarian. And I think that authoritarian parenting style doesn't lend itself to a good adult relationship with your children. In many ways, if you're the authority, it's really difficult to give that up as your children, you know, become 40-something adults themselves. So I think that's been the real issue there. And I think as a very late Gen X millennial kind of crossover, I feel that very much. I think it's really very difficult for that generation to find a place in the relationship. I think, you know what, the thing is, it's really easy to look at that baby when they've first been born and think, oh, you're so pure and so helpless. But you're really not raising a child. You're raising someone who's going to be an adult. And I think that's part of what that generation forgot. Are there benefits to that style of parenting, though? For many boomers in particular, they were really aspirational for their children. Maybe they had seen the writing on the wall for their own generation in the sense that while, you know, you may have been able to drop out of school in grade 10 and get a reasonable job and enough money to buy a house, maybe they could see that change. So I think there was a lot of aspiration and a lot of real desire to push their children. I think that probably comes from a place of love. Gen X, or the MTV generation, were born between 1965 and 1980. They were the first to learn the internet, watching companies like Apple and Microsoft be born and grow. They gave birth to young millennials and Gen Z, and have become a generation focused on parenting and parenting styles. Like Mia Friedman, Mamma Mia's founder, who wrote about her helicopter parenting years. I was among the first wave of helicopters, along with all the other new parents in the late 90s and early 2000s. From birth, we were encouraged to offer our children endless choices and praise bomb them for doing the most basic things. Somehow, this has translated into us inadvertently training them to expect adulation for doing the bare minimum required to exist as a decent member of society. Eat food, drink water, say thank you, sleep and wake up. Don't be a dick, but even if you are a dick, quit trying. Our praise became wallpaper. Gushing validation was the white noise of their childhood. At the same time, like the other helicopters, I made it my business to frantically clear my children's path, all obstacles, in accordance with the good parent memo. Do not, under any circumstances, allow your children to be upset about anything, ever. I think with helicopter parenting... What we forget is, again, at some point, this child's going to have to grow up and be an adult. And, you know, the sad fact is, as a parent, you're not always going to be there. So if you're the subject of helicopter parenting, research seems to suggest that what you lack is that sense of belief in yourself, that if you are faced with some kind of minor catastrophe, I don't know if you've seen that meme about, you know, God always sends his hardest struggles to his bravest soldiers, my tummy aches, you know, you kind of find that feeling of like even facing a tummy ache can be quite difficult. What are the benefits of helicopter parenting? Are there any? Because it is very much cast in a negative light retrospectively now we look back at it. 
Oh, 100% helicopter parenting is cast in a negative light. And again, I think it comes from a place of love and aspiration for the child. There is a genuine fear that the world is not going to be an easy place for your children. So you tend to try and push them forward and try and really use your sharp elbows to get your child what they need. Millennials, or Gen Y as they used to be called, are born between 1981 and 1996. These guys, along with the late Gen Xers, have grown up with technology and access to information about every style of parenting in existence. They gave birth to Gen Z, who've been the subject of parenting styles from snowplows all the way to the ones we saw on parental guidance, including the latest trend, gentle parenting. I don't think gentle parenting is about being permissive and saying no. I think it's about saying no as nicely as you say yes, trying to say yes as often as possible, and trying to give your child agency. I think parents who practice gentle parenting, those late Gen X who suffered from the boomers and millennials who also suffered from the boomers, what they have tried to do is correct the record a little bit with their own kids. I think they've seen that helicopter parenting didn't really work out and neither did that kind of latchkey parenting that they may have experienced. I think this idea that it's permissive is really not correct. In part, I would say that people see permissive I think it's all about just you're setting fire to the house. That's amazing. Look, you can use matches. How cool are you? It's not really about that because often permissive parenting looks super authoritarian because you get to a point where you've just kind of gone along and gone along and gone along and eventually you lose your mind at your child and you're screaming and yelling and carrying on. That's really where permissive parenting winds up. Gentle parenting and authoritative parenting tries to run a line between the two And it says that sometimes you have to say no and you have to hold limits. No, in my house, you're not allowed to draw on the walls. I didn't paint them so that you can draw all over them. They are gallery white, but they are not a canvas. So saying no is absolutely perfectly okay. It's okay to say, no, you can't turn the TV on until you've done your music practice. But sometimes you have to go, but I can see that you're having a huge meltdown. You've had a massive day at school. You've been yelled at by your teacher. Today, it's okay to not do your music practice because you've done it four other days. So I think it's about not never saying no, but understanding that you can say no kindly and that there are times where you'll have to hold your limit and times where it's okay to go, well, factoring in all the events that are going on, I can see that now I actually just have to say yes. No generation has nailed parenting. And while we might be thinking gentle parenting is finally the right answer, Rebecca says we'll see when we look back at this in 20 years and ask those now adults whether we got it right this time. And she's confident the answer will still be no. 100%. I have no doubts that as kind and gentle as I've tried to be with my children, as many times as I have played imaginative games, that I'll put that out there. I hate playing imaginative games. It's just not my bag. I think that there will definitely be this group of children growing up and becoming parents themselves and rebelling against their own parents' parenting style. They'll come out and have all of the things wrong that they think that we did. It's really easy for them to do that. I think the problem is that they won't remember necessarily all the times I did play Lego or I did play dolls or, you know, I did play daycare with my children. What they will remember is all the times I said, do you know what, honey, I just can't play right now. And I think that's a part of the circle of life. I think we have to just accept. And I think what gentle parents should be able to do is 
listen to our children when they criticise our parenting and just accept and apologise. And I think that's really the heart of gentle parenting too, is about being able to say, do you know what, I'm sorry I yelled at you because sometimes I'm a person too and it all just gets too much. And I think as parents, we also need to be gentle with ourselves. Mothers in particular carry an incredible mental load and the fact that we are all even half functioning, I think we all deserve a massive pat on the back. The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tom Lyon. And if you want to read more on Mia's helicopter parenting, you'll find the link in our show notes.